Welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And here's your host, Conrad Cushman. Folks, we're live. Welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. I am your host, Conrad Cushman, and with me today, I have one of the most favorite episode guests of all time, much requested, always wanted, our favorite video game developer, Brian Williams. Brian, what is going on, brother? Conrad, what is up, man? How you doing, brother? We're hanging in there, man. Uh, just doing our thing. How are you hanging in there with all of this uh, fiasco going on around the world, the U.S.? Man, I can't even front, man. Like, the shit is crazy, dog. I mean, you know, I live in L.A. I mean, you're in Buffalo, another big city, but it's it's just eerie, you know. Like, I'm 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 on lockdown. Um, you know, can go. I can walk to the grocery store and all that, but it's just crazy to step outside. And we've had we've been having some really nice days too, and it's just like. Hardly anybody around, you know. Um, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. That's all I can. That's all I can say. I just hope we all can get through this soon and safe. When everybody, yourself included, everybody watching this, to just be, you know, wash those hands and uh, don't touch that face, and let's just get through this. EPW always have the hand sanitizer on deck. Look, you just squirt a little, rub them hands together. Always be safe. Always be clean. But, uh, Brian, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that was the first time anyone ever compared Buffalo to uh, L.A. or out where you are in Cali. Because <laughs> Buffalo is the biggest, smallest city in the world, I always tell people. What's up, Rob? I see uh, the chat. We got Prince Rockstar. I see Doug. Rob just put hashtag quarantine and chill. What is good, Rob? Man, good to have you guys in here. But today, we are here with Brian. We're going to be talking his basically his past working with WWE video games. We are going to go through the start of his career all the way to the end. This is probably going to have to be a series we were just talking about because I'm sure Brian's got so many stories, so many things to say. He'll probably forget half the stuff because of how much stuff he has seen and what has happened and his experiences and everything else. Um... Yeah, probably. I'm gonna... <laughs> I... that's, what I'm, that's what I'm glad I got you because you probably remember a lot of this stuff. It might, uh, you know... Uh... Triggers some memories in my head, just speaking with you about it. Yeah, and uh, Doug, I don't ever want to read that you like being dirty again. Keep that to yourself in the live chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the WWE games, Brian. I don't see why we uh, waste any more time, man. Let's get right into yeah. this. That's what people want to hear about. Um, your start on the video game series, I believe you came in during Here Comes the Pain, right? Uh, no, I was, so what was the chronology? So here comes the pain. I was still, I was still in QA when here comes the pain was in test. And I remember I, cause I just finished up uh, doing QA on a uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, the nice. battle, uh, battle for bikini bottom. And, uh, once that wrapped up, like, you know, people were getting moved to different teams and everything. I remember going up to, uh, Monica, who was the head of QA at the time. I just saw her in the hallway. Cause we never, I mean, they they would just take people off of projects. Like you never really had a say as far as what game you wanted to go on. But uh, a lot of my friends from SpongeBob had been moved on to Here Comes the Pain, and I I saw Monica, and I'm like, Monica, please, you know, I I would really, I would love to be a part of that test team. 
And, uh, you know, she said she'd take it into consideration, but uh, it did happen. So it didn't really I didn't have anything to do with that game. Um, ended up testing the following game, which was the first SmackDown versus Raw, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, SmackDown versus Raw was next with Vince on the cover with the uh, red and blue eyes. Right, right. Uh, so I did get a chance to test that, and it was testing that video game uh, that allowed me to meet Corey um, and Devin, another uh, designer at the time, because because they I was getting I was sent to uh, various trade shows um, to demo the game, and they were there, so that was my first time meeting them, and uh, they were the ones that recruited me after those couple of trips. So I I got hired onto the team uh, during production of SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. I honestly feel, Brian, too, um, and I've always said this about you, so this isn't me, like, uh, pandering. I don't feel to you or anything. You could probably check some of the old, old-ass message boards and find my thoughts on this. I always felt that you were uh, the best one for uh, speaking to the public uh, as far as, like, how you presented yourself. I can smell someone who isn't a real fan right away in these, like, wrestling video game interviews. I'm sorry to tell you that. Like, I can tell instantly. I'm like, oh, this dude's an old fan. Or, oh, this dude hate. He doesn't watch wrestling today. He's just doing it because that's his job. Like, you could just tell that those things and the fakeness. But with you, uh, Corey, even Aubrey, like, I smelled like, okay, this dude's really a wrestling fan. Like, he knows this stuff. Oh, yeah. He's he's willing to talk about, like, if you bring up a name from, like, Japan, he knows it. it. Aubrey would talk about Bruiser Brody, and I'm like, see, that's my guy right there. I like that. Honesty is what sells the consumer on it. And I think that's a big part of hurting the games today is the fact that I just don't feel that connection with the people who are making the game. I mean, Lionel Jinx, he seems like a cool dude. He probably really is. But he's he the is. only one I feel that connection, and he doesn't speak enough to the community. Yeah. You know, yeah, Lionel, uh, he's, he's, he was, he's, he's an amazing dude, man. Uh you know, I, I my time at 2K wasn't the best, but uh, not because of him. Like, if anything, as far as the 2K original staff that I met over there, uh, I, I he, he was the best person that I got a chance to work with. He's he's a really, really, really dope cat. Um, but and I and thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it. Um, and it's funny that you say that about me, you know, speaking and all that, because I when I was at THQ, like I, I always kind of uh, not dreaded. Well, at first I did, but like having to speak in public about the game, like because uh, I, like a lot of people, like public speaking was always, you know, something that I was scared to do. But they kind of just shoved me out there, and I had to do it. But um, it's like you said, I mean, I'm a fan, and you know, it's easy for me to speak on, you know, it's this game that I was a part of for so long in wrestling, just because I love it, and that's why I stayed as long as I did. And uh, and you can always tell the yeah, like you said, the people who just they're not fans. I work with a lot of them. And all, all respect to them, they were all, you know, well, not all, but mostly were cool people. But uh, they didn't last long, you know. They were there for one game, and then they dip out, you know, uh, just because, you know. And I get it. It's like it's hard to develop a wrestling game if you don't have that strong passion for it. Um, it really is. Yeah, that's why I appreciate you being out on the uh, forefront for those games. Um, let's talk SmackDown versus Raw 2006, though. Okay. Um, the back of this game box, like we're kind of going to go through all the features and everything else that you remember. I remember this being like a really good game still. Like uh, everything was was hunky-dory. I was feeling it. Um, 
you guys had the momentum and strategy kind of added into there. This was the game where you guys kind of went away from the uh, the single bar to fill up for people when they're in the wrestling matches. You kind of had the no mercy bar where you couldn't do the same moves over and over and over again to yeah. uh, get the advantage. So tell me about this game. What, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when we say SmackDown versus Raw 06? Uh, GM mode and uh, the PSP version of this game. Yes. Uh, so, so like I said, when I when I joined the, uh, the design team when uh, 2006, it, they were already in uh, development. So I really didn't have too much input into you know the game itself outside of uh, I remember Devin, um, you know one of like I said I mentioned him earlier he was one of the uh, designers uh, next to Corey, um, like he was in charge of general of GM mode for that year and the, one of the first things that he gave me to do was he. Gave me, you know, the design that you put together, wanted me to go through it, kind of provide feedback um, on, you know, things that I that were cool or could be improved upon. And that was like my first big task. And it was a big ass design, too, man. It was that was like a 30 page design. But again, I'm a fan. And it's like, this is so awesome. Like, I, I, I just love that shit. And um, so I gave some feedback. I mean, really, it, it was didn't have to give too much. I mean, it had kind of been vetted enough already. Um, but my, I guess my biggest contribution, uh, were, do you, do you remember the PSP version of this game? I, I saw it. I remember looking at people playing it in reviews. Uh, P see, I'm more of a big console gamer kind of person. I don't buy like Game Boy or, uh, what, what was it? The, uh, Game Gear for like Sega and stuff. I was never yep. that kind of person. I'm like, dude, if I'm good, if I'm getting a game, it's going to be on the big TV it's got to go down like that. Like even behind me right now, I got the big TV, the PS4. That's it. That's what it's gonna be. That's how I'm gaming. Uh, same, but uh, we we you know we developed you know 2006 for the PSP, and uh, on that console we had to differentiate or add special features to the PSP version, exclusive features that weren't in the console. And so I remember Corey kind of put me in charge of those. Uh, exclusive features for the PSP SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, and they were they were silly as hell, man. There was one where uh, you had Eugene, and you had to navigate him like uh, I think it was like down the ramp or something using the uh, the tilt controls or something like that, some nonsense. Yeah, um, and there were a couple there were a couple of other like uh, mini games that were on the PSP that uh, I uh, I guess that was my first kind of design thing that I did for the game. And uh, was not a big fan of how it turned out. You know what, though? You may not be a fan, but I was going back, and in preparation for this, uh, you got to watch, like, a bunch of reviews. And I didn't want to watch just one, two, three, or four. So I went through a bunch of them, and a lot of people liked the PSP version. They appreciated the effort that was put into it to make it different, but it still had everything that it needed to. Uh, I'm not going to talk about some of these other catastrophes that we've had to deal with recently on port overs to, like, Nintendo Switches and stuff. But, oh, yeah. dude, this this was uh, gold to them. A lot of people on the PSP liked it. Yeah, and I think there was. I think there might have also been like a a tournament uh, mode in that game too. I think I I forget. It's been a such. It's been a long time. But uh, if it was, I think I was. I added that. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I uh, I put that together for that uh, that year's game uh, for the PSP as well. Um, but outside of the PSP. Like, I love SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. I mean, just playing it, like I said, as a fan. And uh, 
this game had a lot of cool shit in it that just never that got removed in the next you know the following years iteration like the um the standing 10 count you remember that the double from, uh, knockdown the double knockdown. Now I'm gonna tell you the truth on this. This was the one that had all those little mini games, right, to stop it and everything else. Yeah. I struggled yeah. with some of those, man. Uh, so 06. This is probably like either this had to be like me leaving like my senior year of high school, going into college. I remember playing this game with my brother Cam, and uh, hopefully he listens to this eventually. He's probably gonna kill me when I say this, but he <laughs> used to have uh, a stable called the Sea Dogs, and I always remember, and it was him and like dudes all in like white tees with the big baggy shorts and uh he used to always i used to try to run the gauntlet against me like you can't beat these three dudes on the hardest level with batista and i'm like oh okay i got this bro you know you're working part-time hours i'm going to college goofing off i didn't care about nothing at the time and uh we used to just have so much fun playing this but those mini games always got me and that's how i lost every time i'm like oh come on get up get up get up and then i would just lose or something crazy would happen from them even in the uh buried alive match dude i love playing oh. those in the game just fun we don't yeah that's right this yeah this had the buried alive match mm-hmm. that's right yeah th- that was that was actually a pretty fun match the buried alive the only thing was that like if you're playing like you said you're playing with your brother and all that but if you're playing against the ai i just remember that being such a chore to try to get that <laughs> you're constantly just irish whipping the dude up the ramp and it like that we could have done something better uh with that because that kind of put it, it just kind of prolonged the match, in my opinion. It was fun once you got up there to the uh, the stage and you got you know you're forcing the guy into the coffin. But uh, I remember playing against the AI. Sometimes that could be a, a pain in the ass. Yeah, but th- but this game has so much more too than just the uh, the mini games. I like when I look at the match types in here. I feel like that's a lot of what's missing today too. Uh, there, it's just not as fun. I don't know. There's something about this that's fun. I mean, maybe it's that it's quicker paced, but I also prefer, I'm more of a sim guy myself. Like, I would rather play a match that feels real. You can kind of replicate it, but at the same time, it's really fun. Like I yeah. said, No Mercy is the creme de la creme to me. Like, nothing's beating it. I don't care about that. Here comes the pain noise. People talk sometimes. I'm like, that's number two. No Mercy. I'm a Here Comes one. the Pain guy before No Mercy guy. I'm, I'm with them. And it's not just because I work for use now. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at my. I got No Mercy plugged into my 64 right now. I love I, that game is cool, but I'm a yeah. I'm a Here Comes the Pain over No Mercy guy, but that's Ooh. just me. I mean, no, and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. Listen, I've had so much so oh, I much fun playing I like the the hardcore the hardcore <laughs> like time limit matches and all that. Me and my boys can tell crazy stories from like playing those and riding around on the bike. It was those days were just fun, and I feel like um, during this time period we were still into that. I don't want to call it arcadey, but it w- it was more like an arcade sim style kind of game. Like I felt like we were getting yeah. away from the fighting game aspects of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I agree with that. I agree with that. I think uh, what you know what here comes the pain, and then you know that first SmackDown versus Raw, then SmackDown versus Raw two thousand six. It hit a really nice sweet spot of of uh, I would probably say it was like you know sixty forty sixty arcade forty percent sim. You know, it wasn't too out there, but at the same time, it wasn't too restrictive either. You know, so you so I think that attributed to like what you said, how fun it was, and and it really was. It was you know a, a faster paced game, definitely in comparison to uh, you know the pacing of how, of how the how the game is paced now for sure. Um, so yeah, it was just fun. I mean, I played with my uh, my roommate at the time just all the time, and you know, whooped his ass thoroughly. So I got good memories of uh, SmackDown versus Raw two thousand six. 
let me I'm gonna share some comments real quick from the chat here. Rob said Battle for Bikini Bottom is an absolute underrated classic. Uh, it is. It actually it's a it's a damn good game, man. Uh, my man Pawn from XGW. That's a story we'll save for when we get into the later years of uh, these games, so I can explain how I got into that mess. What's going on, Pawn? Good to have you in here. Uh, what up, what up? People were talking about epic wrestling game covers in the chat. Uh, some people said they loved the Game Boy and PSP. Rob said, I only had the 50 Cent game and Soul Calibur for the PSP and barely played those biggest waste of money at the time. <laughs> I remember that 50 Cent game. That was like the they wanted to be Grand Theft Auto with 50 Cent and it just wasn't working. It wasn't. No, I think, no if, it's, if it's the same game, it's got to be. Wasn't that the one? That was, for me, it looked like they were trying to rip off Gears of War. Uh, they they were they were trying a bunch of like different elements. It wasn't working for me. They tried. I mean, once you beat it, it was like okay, cool, man. Like my friends had it. And I, that was back when you could like borrow the games, the physical discs, yeah. and then give it back. I was like, yeah, I'm done with this, homie. Thanks. Bring me yeah, some more challenger. Bring me that Metal Gear. Let me see that. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see here. Rob has a question for you, so I guess we'll ask this one now. He said, "Did you have anything to do with the marketing for that game, the voiceover versus online commercials?" For SmackDown for 2006? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I did not. I, didn't even, I hadn't even met the marketing people at that point, so no. Mm. And uh, So what was your main job during that time? I mean, were you just working on the designs for, you said, GM mode in the PSP? Yeah, but, well, I, I mean, I, I reviewed the design. Like, like Really, like, my time on 2006, because it, it was like a bridge, right? Like, I got hired. The game was in QA already. It was pretty much done. Um, I kind of just helped, you know, push the thing out, out the door. And then the game came out, I believe it was, it was like October. I mean, the game always came out at the same time. Uh, so once the game was done, that's when we all started getting on board with, uh, the next one, 2007. And, uh, 2007 is when I, you know, really got my hands involved in everything. That's kind of where it started for real. I kind of look at 2006, at least in my career is like the, um, the uh what is it not the uh the epilogue the prologue right mm. the prologue goes to the epilogue yeah the prologue of my career and then yeah. with 2007 that's that was like okay here i am now i'm actually designing these new features from the ground up uh and that was really fun so and then mocap i got involved with mocap 2007 like that's when everything started like uh being out there talking to the press you know getting sent to you know, Europe and the other countries, you know, being out there, you know, promoting the game. It all started with 2007. Now, let me ask you this. At your time with the company and uh, during, like, creating SVR 06, yeah. did you feel like you were playing the role of I got to make a name for myself? Or were you kind of, like, quiet, head down, keep it moving, hopefully no one notices me, and they're like, hey, you, get over here? Uh. Ne- definitely not trying to make a name for myself. I was just honestly, I was just thankful to be in the position that I was. I mean, you have to imagine. I mean, going from, you know, QA, you know, testing these games to then being, you know, recruited to join the design team. Like I was in, I was in, I was in heaven, dog. I never saw that happening for myself. You know, I when I when I got hired at THQ uh, as a tester, I, I did it just as like it's something to do in the in the interim while I figure out what my career was going to be. Um, so no, I definitely like when I, when I got on that team, it was, you know, let me, you know, uh, mouth, mouth closed, you know, uh, ears open, you know, I'm just sitting here trying to learn and absorb as much as I can, uh, to be, you know, to contribute to the team and everything. 
um, I was very humbled and very, you know, just like I said, just glad to be there. Um, and it was great. And, I, and, you know, working with Corey, you know, me and him are still friends to this day. Um, getting a chance to work with Devin. I mean, unfortunately, Devin, he left right after uh, 2006 came out. He uh, left THQ and then went to Rainbow. Um, I think he might still be there. I'm not sure. But uh, but no, man, I was just trying to, you know, just trying to learn from these guys, you know, and that's that's how that's how it's been. Even to this day, I'm constantly learning, you know, that, that's a That's a good attitude to have in any business that you're working in. Um, I'm going to read a few more comments here just because uh, yeah. they, they got me smiling in the background. So if you guys ever hear me laugh randomly or smile, it's because of the live chat while we're doing this. Um, original Biggie said, again, you can have simulation elements and still have fun. I agree with that, uh, Original Biggie. And I love your videos yeah. on everything you do with the series. He always has videos coming out like five things, how to make it better. They're kind of like quick videos. And uh, I think he does a really I've good seen, job with those. I've seen some of those. Mm-hmm. Mm, COB1, people are listening to you, dog. Keep those videos coming. Rob says, I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority here, but I'm going to say it. Shut your mouth over Here Comes the Pain. It's a toss-up between both of those for me, Rob. It's not that it's bad. I think Here Comes the Pain's roster puts that cherry on top that just gives it the edge where I'm like, bro, they got everybody. I don't yeah, know. I think I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, Shut Your Mouth was great, too. But I think, yeah, I think it's the roster in addition to the gameplay and Here Comes the Pain that I think, like you said, uh, just it's just that – yeah, the, the cherry on top and the sprinkles and the whipped cream, all I, that. I, I love the way that you guys, like, transition from... So I liked one, and then two, you guys added some elements. I was like, okay, bigger roster, dope. And then when it got into Just Bring It, uh, I thought that was the greatest thing ever since sliced bread when I first played. I'm like, yo, look at this. This looks so cool. And now I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Cringe. Yeah. Um, a lot of those early games didn't age so well. But you know what, though? I think it aged over time well. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. It's kind of like planting a tree a little bit. Like, that was watering it. And then all of a sudden, once I got into the shut your mouth, here comes the pain, I was like, oh, this is something beautiful. This could be a money maker. And it was. Uh, and a lot of people, ooh, someone just said shut your mouth was underrated. Here comes the pain is the best wrestling game of all time. That must have been when I was talking my trash. Uh, Pawn said, "Hell yeah!" About XGW. Don't, oh, Pawn, don't worry. I'll be telling those tearful stories. I promise. Uh, I someone I can't wait me. to hear about this XGW, man. I'm you got me. You got me excited to hear about this stuff. Oh yeah, dude. Listen, I used to write you guys to tell you that I will give you all of my data and everything for it, and I had ideas for uh, how to implement it into the game. And I said I will not charge you. This will just make the game ten times better. Well, like I said, I'll get into it with you when it's the time period okay. for it. But um, this, I'm still dumb in, in college and being stupid. <laughs> um, nah, man, see. you cared. You cared, that's all. That, oh, that's yeah. Good. You got to have fans like that. We were the gaming ring people, though, who cared too much. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> let's see here. Rob said, you're thinking of Blood on the Sand. Oh, I forgot. 50 probably did have multiple uh, video games yeah, back Blood then. Yeah, Blood on the Sand. That's when I, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it still wasn't. It's 50, man. I get it. He made money off of it. He don't care. Hey, for a video game based off of 50 fucking cent, I actually thought they overachieved with the butt on the sand. <laughs> Dude, that, but that game was so ridiculous a story. But the, but the the you know the gunplay and the, the game you know the, the gameplay was pretty pretty fun. You know, yeah. like I said. Look, and I'm gonna veer off into some oh. real hip hop stuff for a second. 50 Cent's the greatest seller of all time, man. Like when I hear his first album, in all honesty, his second album after that, uh, I can't even think of the name of it off the top of my head. But it's the exact same thing as Get Rich or Die Trying with just different song titles for some of the songs. 
Like, <laughs> honestly. Like, I heard a song, and I was like, yo, this is just Many Men all over again, dude. Like, this is the exact same song. And, I mean, I still listened to it, and it was fun. But just, the dude, the dude's a, a great marketing genius for himself. He can put oh, stuff yeah. out on oh. IG, and he's making bread. Uh, PR Nightmare, what's good, brother? I see that you joined us as well. Rob, I think you made him feel bad, Brian. He said, is that an IWGP IC title just chilling back there? I got to step my belt game up. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, it is the IWGP uh, championship, but it's 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 a, it's a pillow. Mm. Brian, you shouldn't have did that. You, you had the front right there. <laughs> that was your chance <laughs> until someone would have peeped it out. Like, uh, what's good with that? No, my, my, my co-worker, uh, Kuge-san, uh, in Japan, he got that for me the last time I was in Japan uh, at one of the New Japan shows. But yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a comfortable pillow. Like, when I fly and everything, I use it, you know, put it around my neck. Ooh, let's see here. Somebody said that they had to agree with um, Prince Rockstar. He said, I agree. 06 was the standard in creating a sim video game. What do you think of that, Brian? I, I agree. I think he's right on the money. You know, I really do. Um... Like I said, there's just a lot of cool things and elements in that game uh, that I wish would have been, you know, carried over, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, looking back, it's like, because you were asking, you know, before, like, you know, what was my attitude? Like, was I trying to make a name for myself or like just kind of hunker down? Like, this is a moment where I wish I would have been a little more, not forceful, but spoken up a little bit more as when we transitioned from 06 to 07, when it came to, uh, you know, which features were going to be and which ones were going to be axed, you know, because there was a couple of things in 2006, more than a couple, actually, that I wish would have uh, been carried over. But yeah, that's that's another uh, weird thing with it, too, though. But you got to remember when you're on your first year, you're on probation. Like I just got off probation at work. I was quiet for a little bit. Like, you know, there's times where you're like, you know what? You wouldn't say that to me in a year from now. So you better watch what you're talking about, dog. But you can't <laughs> be like that. And uh, hopefully no one from work's listening. And if you are, I don't care. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's it's what it is, man. You you played your role, though, and you played a big part in this series. And like I said, this is going to be a series. We're going to continue talking about it for those who are joining in late. Um, Foul Original is in here. Foul, what's going on? Foul's been playing some of the old wrestling games, if you guys don't know. So I'm going to give him a little plug right here. I saw him play. Dude, he was playing the old wrestling games that were like, yo, dog, I can't touch this. Like where, where the rings are barely in there, the like the old WrestleMania game. Um, oh, I, dude! It said it was the Million Dollar Man. I don't know who that was. That was running around <laughs> the ring. <laughs> but uh, it, you got to always go back to the classics. Though I always do believe you have to pay your respects, pay your dues, go back and play the old ones, see where we've come from. He even played the one where you had to. Um, uh, I don't know if it was on Nintendo or the Atari where you had to put the, like, you picked what you were going to do, and then they would show the video of you, like, trying to put it in the headlock, and then you may get reversed into, like, a back suplex or something. Oh, damn. I don't oh, even yeah. know that one. That's, Brian, that's probably before you were born, dog. Like, that's, that's way back. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm pretty old. <laughs> but Wait. it is true. It's always fun to go back and revisit all those, you know, just old games, period, but especially old wrestling games to kind of see where they where they started and where they are now. Mm, you well, know, maybe not now, but <laughs> <laughs> let me see here. Uh, oh, he said it was a uh, micro league wrestling file. <laughs> Thank you, file, for that update. Donnie, what's going on? I see you in the chat putting the fire in there. Uh, AR has a question for you, Brian. He said, yeah. "Do you think wrestling games should have simulation and arcade mode in one game?" Um, I don't. Well, I mean, should. 
I mean, I, I guess if I had my preference, it would, yeah, it would have both because that's just kind of what I prefer personally. Like, I like a game. Like, I like for me, like gameplay and fun has to come first. It has to. Um, and we, that can't be sacrificed in order to try to make something more real. And especially when we're talking about, you know, wrestling, you know, itself, which is a, uh, it's a scripted, it's scripted combat, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you can't take it too seriously because this isn't an actual sport. It's presented as, you know, it's a, it's, it's a show, you know? So for me, I think, you know, trying to go too hard in sim aspect for a wrestling title kind of just takes all the fun out of it. Um, which is, you know, I've had like many, many, um, discussions with old coworkers about, about that. Um, but, uh, but that's just my take and my stance. And I think, you know, games like 2000, you know, SmackDown versus Raw 6, um, Here Comes the Pain, um, uh, shit, what's another one? Um, I mean, even like a No Mercy, you know, uh, I think they, they all strike a really good balance about being, uh, real enough for a form of entertainment that in, in and of itself is scripted, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, you know what you want when it comes to this, but let, let's hop back in on this uh, 06 stuff real quick because there are a few other things that I kind of want to touch upon real quick. The season yeah. mode. I got to know, how were these things being written back then? I believe this was the year with Teddy Long. And, uh, hey, Tori, baby girl, how you doing? And <laughs> Tori gives him the kiss and... I went back and watched the review of this and Teddy Long doing the strut walking away like he always does. And then the <laughs> car starts up and it hits him. That was the year of like, who done it? Who hit Teddy Long with the car? Uh, dude, I was just dying laughing at some of this stuff. I'm like, dude, these animations were so much better when they were uh, like that. <laughs> like, I was just laughing. Yeah. Thanks, baby girl. <laughs> holla, holla, holla. <laughs> yeah, this season mode in this game was pretty fun. Um, yeah, the guy who designed this, uh, Andy... He uh he was he was the one who also designed the uh, season mode for uh, here comes uh, here comes the pain, um and he was really good like the guy he he just he got it you know I think this might have been his last uh, game with us in fact it, yeah because he he wasn't there in two thousand seven for that game but uh but yeah he was the one that I think wrote it and kind of came up with the scenarios and all that kind of stuff and then you know you say add in you know their uh, their feedback and their designs and their two cents. And uh, and again, like you said earlier, it's like it, you can tell that it was, you know, designed and written by someone who got the license. You know what I mean? Who was a fan? Like I think that really came through in playing it. So so I have a question for you then. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to pertain because this is going to come up again later. The the rumor that always comes up is WWE has a a stranglehold over like what you guys can do. They must approve everything. It's kind of a strenuous process. Um, for people who don't know out there, how, how bad does it get? Like, especially during these years in 2006, was it something that you felt like it, it was better during this time period? Was it always status quo? Like we have to do this this way. This is how it's going to be from now until current day. I mean, what were your thoughts on WWE and how they had to approve everything back then? Um, honestly, I don't know where that came from, them being so, you know, stringent, the w they being the WWE when it comes to approvals. I think they were involved enough, but they, they largely left us alone. 
You know what I mean? Like when it comes to, I mean, yeah, you know, when you have scripts, you know, they get reviewed by, you know, uh, WWE personnel uh, on their side. Um, but they never they never got involved with us when it came to gameplay. Uh, their biggest thing with with approval process was just how the uh, the wrestlers looked in the game, the wrestlers, the arenas. Um, that was their big thing, and even the arenas really not so much. It was just how the superstars themselves appeared. And if anything, the biggest arguments that we had on the the dev side of things with the WWE when it came to approvals usually always revolved around. The aesthetics of the uh, the character models, you know, uh, because for several years, like especially like when I got on, like you know, you you see these guys and they were so overly muscled and ripped up, like even much more so than they are in actual life, and that was an edict that WWE they wanted their guys, their men and their women, to look like these like statuesque Greek gods, and it was it, and it was always a a hurdle when you had a character like uh, I remember there was one Trevor Trevor Murdoch, we had him in the game. Uh, maybe he was in a couple of games, but you you know Trevor Murdoch, like he always had that. I mean, he looked like a barrel. You know what I mean? Right. And I say that the best way possible, but he did not have, uh, you know, abdominals, you know, abs that you can see. He wasn't shredded. He wasn't, you know, well defined muscularly. But we, if you looked at his model in the game, you'd be like, who the hell is this? <laughs> this is the same dude that I'm watching on on Raw. Like, where's his belly? You know, it's like we had to always, you know, sculpt these guys down. And it actually got in the way of of making the models look good in a lot of cases. Um, but that was the biggest thing. But then over the years, they finally started to soften about that. Like once we got into the next generation of consoles with, um, you know, 360, uh, PS3 and all that. And even then it took time. I want to say it wasn't until probably SmackDown versus Raw 11 or 12 that they kind of loosened the restrictions to kind of make the guys look a little bit more... Uh, like themselves like if a guy isn't overly overly muscled they kind of like okay okay fine you can kind of have them look you know look realistic to uh to how they do on television but that was usually the biggest thing Mm. um but yeah i mean they really because i mean they're doing their own thing it's like they hired thq they hired you know and then they in turn hired ukes to make a game basically so that they didn't have to be there holding you know anybody's hand it's like you've got a license uh Treat it with respect. Take care of it. We trust you. And that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, you can go listen to Justin Leeper on the whole process for that. Uh, shout out to Justin. He recently subscribed to me on Twitter, so give him a little Justin, cheap plug here. Justin is my boy. I love him to death. And, you know, he, yeah, he he had a lot. He, he probably had more involvement with the WWE than I did, just because he was in charge of the story mode. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, so he had a lot of back and forth with them with the scripts. Um, man, I miss Justin. He, I he shares a great Lagana story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was definitely it made everybody's life easier once he was no longer really involved. Because um, you know a lot they you know it, this can be a it could be a bottleneck. You know what I mean? Yeah, two two creative people sometimes working on a project can not always mesh well together. It'd be like someone coming in trying to tell me how to run my podcast a little bit. Like, yeah, no, you can't have that person as a yeah. guest. I want you to do this instead. And it's like, bro, really? Like, I got this. I know what I, I know what I want to do. So I, I completely understand that. Now, before and a lot of time, to- but I just want to say also a lot of times also it's uh, a lot of the feedback that he would give. It was almost like a situation where he was just trying to justify um, his involvement. You know, by just kind of adding feedback when it just wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And well, it's like for us, 
you you oh, know what that is though, right? Oh, I can't, I'm, I'm going to say it on air. I don't care. That's the making yourself seem more important than you are to get yeah. to, to advance your career. Yeah. Uh, you, you, everybody knows that person in the office where you're like, bro, did you really just do that? Wait till we get oh. out of here and I get you and pull you to the side to talk with you about this. Like, I'm going to let <laughs> you know about yourself. Um, yeah, but I get it too. He's trying to make his career happen somewhere else. And sometimes, hey, I don't have to deal with these people all the time so I can say something here and make yeah. it happen, make myself look good. Um, exactly. But let me say this. I do love Trevor Murdoch, Lagana, the NWA product, showing them some love right now. I know wrestling's in a hard place right now, so make sure you guys show them love. I love that product that they're producing right now. So yeah, props to them. Uh, Brian, I got to ask you about online. I'm a big yeah. online guy. And I know... No, I, am, I am not. <laughs> well, there, well, I let me say this. I was a big online guy. Um, yeah. During these time periods, I was trying to understand like why it wasn't as cared for as much. Um, but I do remember the hardships of uh, hanging out at one of my buddies' house, and we would have like the cords hooked up. It looked like Spider Man was up in that room, like kill, 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 kill. All right, we're plugged into the actual modem. Let's see how bad it is, and then you know it'd be like choppy. If you guys could see me on the screen, like doing the slowest grab ever. You would get the choppy gameplay and everything else. What was online mode like in 06? I mean, was it very important to you guys? Was it like, let's just get this in there just so that we're on pace with everybody else? Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, it got, I mean, at that point, you know, it's online game, you know, online, you know, mode and functionality was just becoming like the standard uh, for these type of games. And uh, we definitely struggled. We definitely struggled with online. Um, this was the... Second year, we had online. I think we had online. It was first introduced in the first Magnum versus Raw. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, I was undefeated I, online. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first, you know, got, you know, we, you, you know, dipped their toe in the water on that one. And then, yeah, you know, with 2006, you know, we tried to come back, you know, with a little, with a, with a more um, robust online presence. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't work on online. I mean, that was definitely like you know, I just know that the engineers at Ukes and everybody just had a hell of a time trying to get that stuff uh, working. And it, like I said, it was always a uh, it was always difficult working with online. That's why I stayed clear the fuck away from it. I was like, I want no parts of it. I'm gameplay. I'm create modes. I'm mocap. I'm all oh, that. That's my. That's what I do. You know. Right. No, that totally, totally makes sense about it too. Um, the so, so let me ask you this: What don't you like about online as a a gamer yourself? I mean, what what about it is the like? T no, not for me. I mean, do you feel like it missed you as far as like you being a video game player? Uh, no, people are assholes. <laughs> That's <laughs> Got it. Got you. Got it. So, people are assholes. I mean, it's not like I've never played. Like I used to play. I used to play online games, but it just got to a point where. I don't know. People are just dicks online, man. I mean, if I'm playing with you or you know friends, sure. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just playing some random cat online. I think the last time I did, somebody called me a nigga, and I was like, all right, nah, nah, I'm done with this. Over fucking Gears of War, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, so, that 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 yeah. is the absolute worst to be on there and. Uh, play a game and then someone takes it to like the personal levels that they do but you, they're usually kids i don't know back in the day i used to yell at them and say like you're going to summer school and stuff and they would get mad so <laughs> i don't know it, you you just wild get wild for it. i think i don't know what i wanted from this maybe it was like competition i think that yeah. was during the time period where i wanted to see like um 
uh, shout out to Kevin. I always give him his props. My buddy from the 2K League. I see him getting like the free controllers and stuff. I saw where the video game industry was kind of heading at the time. And I really think that... How do I want to put this? I really think that we could have been there earlier, especially for wrestling games. I know a lot of wrestling fans are kind of hurt by that. Um, Sick's not in the chat, but Sick and me, like, we go back and forth to talk about this sometimes. We're like, dude, think of all the years we spent on this game, bro. He's like, we could have been pros, like, playing this game, getting paid for it or something. He was like, why did this never happen? But I'm seeing it happen for all these other games. He's like, that could have been us. And I'm like, yeah. So I think that's the part with online that I'm like, yeah, that kind of hurts. But there's no fair way to, like, do this stuff either, you know? Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about esports. Yeah, you're talking about that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, yeah. I make no, I make no excuses about you know the online in our game, especially you know early on. I mean, it was it was poor, it was poor, but it was something that you know everybody was, uh, they were new to it. Um, and and honestly, with within the, uh, development time that we had. You know, again, this is a this is the game that came that you know that's released every year. You know, from you know pre-production to uh, actual development. I mean, we had roughly we're looking at like nine months to get this game done. You know, uh, and honestly, and I make not, I say this not as an excuse, but I, I was always just impressed that we were able to get you know anything anything working in that small amount of time because it really is. It's almost I mean, it's, that's impressive in its own right. You know, the fact that online was even, you know, working as well as it did in, you know, 2006. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that that was pre patch too, like pre patch era. Right. Exactly. You know, we had to get that thing in, you know, uh, through certification, you know, with, uh, you know, with Sony. I mean, it was man. I actually I miss those days. You know, now, as everybody is aware, it's like you buy a game like a lot of, the, you know, and I, and I get it. I mean, it's hard, like I said, it's hard. Especially if you're dealing with a, uh, in, you know, an annual title, to get everything in there working. But uh, you know, online and patches have made it to where, and I've and I've it's, it's happened. You know, when I was uh, at 2K and stuff, where it's like, you know, you were, when you're getting the game through uh, the approval process with you know Microsoft and Sony, you know, it's kind of built into it that it's like, okay, look, you know, we'll approve this, but you got to have that day one patch. And sometimes development studios are like, okay, cool, no problem, we got this, boom. But then other times, you know, you just see the game is just not ready uh, for, for prime time. You know, it needs more time in the oven. And they kind of just use patches as a way to just say, oh, it's OK. We'll we'll patch it later. We'll patch it later. Just get that sucker out there. And uh, I just think that's a shitty business practice, you know, personally. That That's a.k.a. this chicken tastes funny. <laughs> like, yeah. this ain't done yet. This ain't yeah. done yet. Y- yeah, I hear you on this. Um I really want to transition into 07, so I'm going to use my transition question next off of this one. GMO, bro. Why so yeah. hard, bro? Why so? Did anybody actually beat GMO without cheating? I got to know. How how did you cheat in GMO? Um, I don't know. I think you could do certain things to get the money up. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I remember there were certain things that you could do if you uh like got the undertaker and all the top people and you made sure that you paid them a certain amount and you did like a certain promo that you could win it but without cheating like this thing was the hardest thing to keep going i i'm not a cheating type of person for it number first and foremost um, of course not but i don't know if i ever beat this mode without playing it I, you could play it against someone correct yeah 
So I don't think I ever beat it without going against like my brother or another like physical person across from me. I don't think I ever beat it against the computer. So what was the deal with this, Brian? I mean, I love a challenge though. Like, dude, I'm a huge fan of the Metal Gear Solid series. It's all sitting right next to me here. Big fan of uh, extremely hard games because that's what I want. I want a challenge. I want something that's got me so angry that when I have free time, I put it in. I'm like, yo, I'm about to beat this thing today. It's going down like no matter what. Blisters on my fingers and all that. But SmackDown versus Raw, the GM modes, those were up there for like, yo, this is aggravating me. What am I doing really? wrong? I yeah. never thought it was that. I never thought it was that hard myself. Man, maybe I. I mean, it's been it's been a while since I played the GM mode. I mean, obviously, but I never. Um, yeah, huh? Now you got me curious because uh, the oh, AI. Yeah. We were always trying to make the AI better, you know. Because like I remember the, in the early versions of it, like in two thousand six, like the AI was it was all right, but it was kind of kind of dumb. Like it wouldn't make the best decisions. And I know that moving forward, like when it, when it came to updating GM mode, it was always about trying to you know make sure the AI was you know making the uh, was behaving and making decisions in it to uh, for its best interest. So. Maybe uh, we just went a little too overboard with that. Let, let me say this. I don't think the AI itself was too hard because that a question just popped up in there for you too. Um, the AI itself wasn't the hard part. It was more so like, bro, I'm doing all these things and they would be like, this match wasn't that great. And then you would go look at, I, I think I always picked to be SmackDown. And then the Raw side would come out and it was like, oh, Triple H and uh, Muhammad Hassan and Davari put on a great handicap match. Five stars. I'm like, that's BS, dog. I had Undertaker versus Kurt Angle. Like, what do you mean? No, no way. Oh, that yeah, that definitely is. Uh, yeah, so it, that, it had weird flat. logic behind it, though. So I never yeah. understood it. Um, let me see here. AR is back with another question. He said, was there ever talk on making the difficult in the games higher? And also, was there any talk of GM mode coming back? Oh, Ooh, we're gonna we may have to save that but was there ever talk of gmo well, coming back after it went away i'll let you decide if you want to answer that one brian uh yeah i mean i so here's the thing with gmo like we it got removed what was it it was after uh i think smackdown versus raw 2008 was the last year that we had gmo yep um and i remember at that time that being a you know a discussion having discussions with Corey and you know I think um, my coworker Dan at the time trying to figure out, hey, do we keep this thing? Is it worth sticking around? What do we do? And uh, and at the time, I mean, I I was in it because Corey wanted to get rid of it, and I I was in agreement. I was like, yeah, you know, let's we can focus, you know, that time and, and everything on other parts of the game. So I am, you know, partly responsible with this removal, but uh, I will say that while I was at, you know, THQ, still, you know, as the years went on. Because one thing about me is that, you know, I always kept my, my ear to the streets, as it were, when it comes to this game and this series. And I kept hearing the clamoring from people saying, oh, we missed GM mode. It'd be great if we could get that back. And so I started championing it, you know, every year when we would start pre-production. Like, what new features are we going to do? And this was probably around the time of, uh, I think it really, it was 13, WWE 13 is when I really started to push for GM mode again. And uh, it was I was always outvoted, <laughs> or just you know it was like Corey just didn't see the the value in it, and just thought that that work and that time and energy was just best spent elsewhere. And uh, even when I went to 2K, I remember for uh, you know 15, like I was I, I was pushing it then, you know when I was 16, I was pushing it then, you know uh, 
So I've been pushing for, I mean, if, and it's not even that I love the mode. I did it because I, I know that a lot of, a large contingent of fans love the mode. And, you know, we don't make this game for ourselves. We make it for the, for the consumer. So for me, it was just like an easy thing. It's like, well, people keep talking about this, this story designer, you know, let's give it back. They want it. Let's give it to them, you know? And I don't know, especially not, not to bring that back to what they did with 2K20, but I look at that game. And, and like I said, I had no involvement with that, me or, you know, Ukes, obviously. But I look at that, and I'm like, who asked for this stuff? You know? I'm like, all the because, I mean, wrestling fans are vocal. <laughs> you know? Wrestling fans will tell you what they want and what they don't. And so when I saw what their feature said, I'm just like, I just, I don't know who was clamoring for this content, you know? You so, know, yeah. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, um call this out real quick then we'll get into 07 and then i think we'll probably end after 07 so no one's heart breaks uh for what happened to 08 uh we'll, we'll get into that the next time we do so i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. put a part one after this and then me and brian will just make a series out of this till we get through all the games um if he's cool with that absolutely i hope so i need something to do while i'm while i'm quarantined <laughs> actually i'm not quarantined i'm just locked down um, sorry, I just started thinking of the Usos as soon as you said that. Uh, <laughs> the Uso <laughs> Penitentiary. But I think people remember this stuff with uh, rose-colored glasses, too, a little bit. Because people were complaining that GMO could go away and put more effort into this, into that. I think people forget these things. Because I remember is, yeah. people saying, like, we don't need GMO at the time. And they Corey probably saw that, too, and was like, yo, they don't want it right now. So... There was there was a big divide on GM mode, who liked it and who didn't, and then all of a sudden, I think over the years, we saw so much garbage and it kind of got overtaken with more people like, yo, we do need this back. This needs yeah. to happen. And 2K, I got to call you on your BS real quick. Um, whoever is the community manager there, uh, I'm not trying to dog him. I'm not even going to say his name because I do know his name. BS on the fact that you told some of the other people that you did not know that we wanted GM mode. I want to see those surveys and I want to see the forum posts, those old ass forum posts that you guys use for your feedback. You're full of it. You're full wait, of wait, it. Who said I that? Looked, who said that? Uh, the community manager told, uh, you know, Chris Denker and a lot of the guys who go there. I watch all the yeah. videos to see who's telling the truth. I try to put two and two together because I do podcasting and stuff, so I want to be informed. And those guys are actually the reason I didn't buy the game this year. Like, first time ever, I never bought uh, a WWE video game, like, in a calendar year since I was, I got to say, since I was, like, 10, maybe? I'm old as hell, too, by the way. So think about what you just did to somebody who's been buying your games for so long. Uh, I wasn't feeling it. And it was because of what those guys were saying about the game. And then when I heard the feedback process, of some of the guys said, yeah, we didn't really get to play right away. And they weren't crapping on him for that. But they said, while talking to him, they were like, "What? where's GM mode, bro? You guys asked for all this feedback. Where is it? Oh, we didn't even know that people wanted that in. And I was just like, yo. Oh, wow. Get this wow. guy out of here. There's no way you could say that with a straight face. I would have rather heard we didn't have enough time to devote to the to the resources that it needed for what we wanted to do. Dandy, don't tell me that you didn't know the people wanted it, though. That was what was told to, I believe it was Pulse who said it. It was Pulse or Tony Pizza Guy or one of those guys who mentioned yeah. that. And uh, I was kind of hurt by that. But on the same token, too, I think they're going to place the blame on Tony Pizza Guy and Pulse, who said they love all of the like crazy stuff in the video games for why they put the stuff in 2K20 now that you had just brought up. The uh, the zombies and all that. Like, yeah. I love Arcady, but that was too far Arcady for me to the point where I'm like, I'm not buying that DLC, bro. That's not what I want for DLC. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want this to be like me having like a hit piece on on 2K and you know 20. I mean, people, yeah, I know, I know it's been said about that, uh, but uh, yeah, what was I gonna say? Shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I just wanted to mention, you know, going back to um, this is something that I hear people talk about, like when we did remove GMO, uh, or even before we did. Like there was a lot of things. I think there was like a misconception of, oh, if it was in one year's game. It should be easy just to bring it back. It should be easy just to bring it back. It's already in one. It's you know, easy to port over into the next one. And uh, and it wasn't. You know, porting GMO into each you know subsequent game was a it, it was a process, and it took a lot of time to do. Um, like I said, I'm not an an, uh, an engineer, and I'm sure that maybe Ukes at the time could have had a better process um, to port these features from one game to the next. But, but the fact of the matter is that they didn't. And it was it was uh, it it ate up a lot of costs to carry that feature over year over year over year. So when the you know we had that you know uh, we had to make a decision on whether to bring it or to keep it or to you know jettison it, like that was the reason why. And like I said, I know that you know it's not an answer probably you know those GMO fans wanted to hear, but that was just a reality that we were in where it just wasn't an easy thing to uh, to to carry that that you know that some bitch over year over year. It was just. And like yeah, it just it took time away from other areas of the game. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys call this the hardcores or not, but I understand once you guys come out and you explain stuff like that, that's something that I miss with the old regime. I'll say the THQ. If you guys can see under me, I got all the THQ logos to the uh, the old ones and the new one that they had towards the end and the WW2K logo. But when I see this, like I, I respect the fact when someone comes out and tells me the truth versus. Everything's so secretive with 2K, like even with the basketball games, they don't say nothing about it until August and the game comes out in three months. And it's a great way to build the hype. I absolutely love it. But I think sometimes when stuff's going to be bad, you need to start talking immediately. Yeah, yeah. They could have done a better job of getting out front of uh, of things. But uh, yeah, I mean, when I first got to 2K, that was one thing that I noticed right away where it was like, wow, we're not like this just radio silence. But that's like you said, that's just how they operate. And honestly, it's fine to operate that way if at the end of the day, the game that you're releasing is one that is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you, it is a good way to build hype. If, if it's a game that when it comes out, it's like, God damn it. Because you're not you're not being overexposed to so much of the game before it's released. So there are I, I see the I see their side of it. But like I said, I mean, it has to be a game that's, you know, that's good. If it's not, then it's all just like, well, this is why we didn't hear anything. Because you guys are keeping this from us and this, that and the other. So. And yeah, it just it just doesn't work in favor of anybody when you do that. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Everything Pro Wrestling, it's your boys from the Everything College Basketball Podcast and Facebook group. I'm Josh Burton, letting you all know that if you like the college game, that there's only one spot to come find all you need to know.
Yep, Josh, Peyton, and myself, Tyler. We are the three voices of ECB podcast and Facebook group. Peyton, tell them where they can uh, find us and listen to us at. Well, Tyler, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all other podcast hosting sites. Also, go join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups like Everything College Basketball. So if you want everything you need to know about the collegiate game or have a passion for it, there's only one spot that you need to check out on a weekly basis or a daily basis with the Facebook group. That's Everything College Basketball. Now let's get back to Conrad informing you on everything pro wrestling and the workings around it. Brother. But let's transition into something that was good. SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Yeah. Um, Brian, I played the hell out of this game, man. I, I love this game, too. Uh, shout out to... Uh, so this is probably around the time when I started dating my wife. Like, that's how far oh. back we go. Not including the high school time and all that stuff. So we're kind of high school sweethearts, too. So, But when you look at this... Uh, Brand, hey, thanks. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> if you're in there... So this these were like good moments when she wasn't around or whatever... Uh, I would play this game with her brother, and we loved the hell out of this game. We would play this, like, all day. Like, yo, put in that SVR 07, son. Let's see what you got. And we would just go back and forth on this. Um, I got to call you. I gotta call your team out for something, though, Brian. Go ahead. Go ahead. The trailer. I know you remember this misleading ass trailer. The fighting <laughs> in the crowd? The fighting in the crowd trailer? Um... That and they, you remember they had like the the models looking like super great. I was like, oh shit, this is what PS3 is gonna be like. And then I'm like, hold on, player, no way is that the same thing that they showed. Like the game looked good, but you were just like, bro, is that what they really they played me? Do you remember they like they had the CGI of I think it was Cena and Kurt Angle battling and like yeah. the head was the- on the table going against the monitors. I was like, oh, this looks so fire, yeah. bro. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that okay. We're talking about the same one that was uh, used to hype up the uh, fighting in the crowd. Yeah, because that's the one with Kurt Angle. He he like climbs up to the scaffolding. Yeah, and then does like a moonsault, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would yeah. Okay, that was I guess in hindsight. I guess not even in hindsight, but even then, yeah, that was a bit misleading. But uh, that's 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 marketing. You know, that's not <laughs> us. They they do their thing to get you know get people excited. Um, I remember mocapping that though. Um, that's. That's pretty much that was me and Corey's involvement with that. Um, Corey, at, at that time, Corey was still the um, the main. Well, he was the lead uh, director for mocap, and I had just started. And we did this early on, um, so he basically was trying to pass it off to me. So we'd go to the mocap uh, studio and everything. And I remember filming that that day, and you know, he just wanted me there to observe and see how everything is is done, and, uh, and then he passed it off to me. But yeah, I remember doing that. That was a fun shoot. And I do remember that commercial, or that trailer. It was like an E3, E3 trailer, I think it was. Who, who did you guys have mocap that? Oh, man. It was, okay, my boy, um, Mike Taylor. Okay. Uh, Mike Taylor, a guy that is a good friend of mine. And he is, I've, I've mentioned him before, but uh, Micah is uh, the mocap MVP um, of the WWE series. And that's, like, he's a Hall of Famer. The guy's been involved. And just about every his his motions, Mike has done more motions for the game than anybody. Um, so he played. No, wasn't it Rey Mysterio? Uh, in that trailer, was they, there might have been multiple people in it. I okay. remember John okay. Cena, Kurt Angle the most though, because of how great their models looked. Gotcha. Okay, but okay, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, uh, 
Micah Taylor. It was guys from Deep South Wrestling at the time. Um, DS Dub. <laughs> yeah, Bill DeMott was the he was down there. He was the uh, their handler at the time. Who else was on that shoot? It might have been one of the Bashams. I think. I think it was uh, Doug Basham. Um, I think MVP might have been a part of it. Uh, it's just man, it's like a blur. But but yeah, it was the, it was it was the uh, the deep the DSW crew for sure. That was dope, and they were that they were flying out to you, obviously. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, they flew out to us. We had at the time before we were, you know, using House of Moves. We used uh, uh, what was the name of that first mocap studio? Shit, it was it, it was in if you know California, L.A. It's it was near Marina Del Rey, and it was in this. Uh, it was a, it was a an airplane hangar that was converted into a mocap space, and I just remember going there, and it was it was dark. And just kind of dank and cold, <laughs> and I was like, "This is mocap. Like, this is horrible, man. Like, it was a miserable uh, experience shooting at that first studio. Um, it was fun to meet, you know, to learn how to, you know, direct and all that kind of stuff, and like getting to meet, you know, the the wrestlers that I did. But yeah, I remember even even uh, even the wrestlers would kind of complain about things. It's like, man, like this place is kind of a not that it was a dump. It was just a depressing." Um, dark, you know, place to to shoot. Especially so compared kinda, to the pictures I seen where you ended up shooting later. Yeah, yeah, House of Moves, which was actually funny, you know, funnily enough, like kind of right down the street from uh, the the first studio that we used. So yeah, we definitely moved up uh, a great deal when we switched uh, and went to House of Moves. Yeah. So this was the first game where you guys switched over everything to the analog controls too as far as like the grappling and everything else that that was something very different um it's weird i go back and forth on the uh going back to the buttons and this uh, i think i prefer the buttons but the analogs were cool though too for back then like to switch it up okay so so okay so like i said this was the first game that really got involved heavily with the design process the analog controls uh was i designed that i put that together i mapped out um, how that would all work, and I will be a hundred percent honest with you. This was basically us, and I'm grouping, you know, Corey and all the rest of of uh, the decision makers. We were just trying to, you know, we were all jumping on the analog uh, hype train, because if you remember, this was like around the time that uh, Fight Night came out, and they had their analog uh, controls with the punches and all that kind of stuff. Real quick, um, let me just insert this: bring back Fight Night, EA. Like I've been champion that on twitter too can i please have fight night back that's all i asked for i heard a rumor that it might be coming back didn't ea put out some kind of teaser or something about they've been teasing possibly. a lot lately i want to see it yeah i would like to see that too um but yeah but that was kind of the inspiration for us switching to the uh, the analog controls um and and we also thought it just might make you know make things easier to do i know especially for like the grappling because uh i believe yeah you so the right stick so you basically moving like up, down, left, right, did a different uh, grapple move. And the reason was that if we make this change versus the buttons and how we had it before, you know, anybody who's new to the series could be easily be able to, you know, pick it up and just with a flick of the stick, be able to, you know, throw off, you know, a move, you know, versus, you know, the combination of the, um, the left stick and the button. You know what I mean? It's like you're taking two inputs and condensing it to one was kind of the uh, our minds. Our mind state at the time, and uh, so yeah. And I was the one. I think that that was probably the first design that I put together was how that would all 
you know, work. Yeah, I, I I wasn't mad at it at all. I like kind of when they go back, and uh, as long as it makes sense and there's kind of a reason for it, like you said, during that time period, it was the analog time. A lot of yeah. games were switching over to it. Uh, it made sense to do it, and in all honesty, I'm one of the people. I'm all for getting more moves into the game. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna bring you to the table too. You know when it's coming up for that, but I'll save that for now. Yeah. But putting. Oh, I'm, not, uh, not, I'm not looking forward to that one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> More um, putting more moves into the game would be really dope. The environmental hotspots too. Um, yeah. I really like these. I thought these were fun. I think this is something missing from the game today, dude. When people get thrown into the steel steps, bro, like it happens. I want to feel it. Like, and then when you guys would put the person in control, like yo, I'm about to slam your head off this like three times. Shut up, shut up, yeah. shut up. You ain't beating me. Get up. <laughs> uh, it, it just added like some great crap talking moments and. Just really cool things. So who thought of the uh, environmental hotspots? Because I thought that was a uh, kudos to them for that. Ooh. That was mine as well. Uh, that was So my big things that I did in this game were the, uh, the hotspots, the environmental hotspots, the ultimate control grapples, uh, the, you know, like I said, we talked about the analog controls. Those were like my three big ticket items. And then Corey was responsible for the uh, fighting in the crowd. Uh, part of the game, so I'm glad to hear that you like that you liked those uh, hotspots, man. Because uh, that was, yeah. I mean, I put that together. You know, it was probably like one of the first big designs that I had to do. And like I said, I mean, I'm learning on the fly. Like I really didn't know what I was doing. I just, you know, Corey would give me some advice. He's like, look, you know, just it's like making, you know, writing uh, stereo instructions. Just lay out how everything should work and function, and you know, we'll pass it off to Ukes, and then they'll figure it out on the uh, programming side of things and so that's what I did and I came up with all the different you know scenarios and situations uh what was it there was yeah you mentioned the steel cage the turnbuckle um and and about the turnbuckle what I really like too is that if you remove the turnbuckle pad and you did it you could then bust you know you know make them bleed or whatever uh I thought that was a nice touch to add the steel steps the ropes wasn't there one on the rope where yeah, you kind of jiggled uh, up and down yeah Put them and up and down. Yeah, yeah, that shit was fun, man. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed uh, doing that. I remember at the time when we were first getting early builds um, of of the game from Ukes, which is always like Christmas to me. Like that was honestly one of the best parts of uh, of working on the game is when we got those those weekly builds to kind of check how features are coming along. Uh, and I remember the first time we got the the build with the first hotspot in it. I think it might have been the steel step. Uh, yeah, I mean, in fact, it was a steel step, and I finally got my hands on it. And you know, it wasn't perfect. Like I said, we were iterating. We were, you know, you know, it was just our first look at it. But I was so excited and so happy, like, oh man, like this is so dope. Like I designed this, and here it is, and I'm playing with it. I'm bashing homeboy's head into the steps. It was just, uh, I marked out, man. I marked out. It was, it was fun. Yeah, you guys had a lot of dope stuff into this. Uh... The ultimate control stuff was great, like you said, too. Throwing someone up on your shoulders instead. Uh, being able to just transition into moves kind of smoother. You know, because wrestling was changing during this time period, too. Um, we were still in, like, the old school kind of era and big man and everything else. But at the same time, yeah. people were starting to love people like Paul London. And they wanted to see those moves and can you transition into it. You know, a lot of wrestling fans who play these games, they're fans of indie workers. They want to, hey, man, can you put someone on the shoulders and do the, uh, 
I'm trying to think of an indie wrestler from back then. Um, can you do like Super Dragons finisher? Can you can you do something you different go, with this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's that's exactly what people wanted to do. So when I saw those little things, I'm like, yo, they've got stuff in their mind that they're they're thinking they're forward thinking about a lot of this stuff. Um, I was really happy with how this looked. The fighting in the crowd was uh, dope too. This was something we had missed since I think it was just Bring It. I think. Uh, that was when they used yeah. to have like the little, they look like so. uh like the cutouts of people, and they would just like yeah, scatter the, back. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 those standees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's right. That was um really really good, and where what was yeah the other? fight in the crowd. Uh, I mean, I, I they definitely the is I don't know if it's still I'm sure it's probably still in. 2K20. I mean, I don't know why they would take that out. No, it's, but that was the feature that... And that's another thing with this game is that, like, the fighting in the crowd, the ultimate control grapples, you know, I remember at the time, a lot of people were kind of disappointed about how small the space was for that, you know, fighting in the crowd, because you're not really fighting in the crowd. It was just, like, this little section with the uh, crowd members around it. Um, but I think that was just, you know, we were kind of limited... Uh, with our tech at that time, and then also just you know time wasn't really on our side with that, so I give 2K a lot of props because like they uh, when they when they reintroduced it a couple years ago, it was uh, it was really dope. It was really dope. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now you can fight like on all sides of the arena and everything else, go yeah. wherever, and then transition your way all the way back to the ramp. But even back then, though, dude, like you guys had the speakers, so you're like, oh, that's where the music comes from. People would climb up the trash can. Would have like the dust in it and yeah. stuff when they would dump yeah. it. You guys had some dope stuff in there. Don't don't sell yourselves short on that. Um, now this was the first game with three D facial scans, I believe, too. Uh, yes, it was. It was. Okay, um, and I know that you guys tried to enhance online. Kind of. Eh, <laughs> I won't get too deep into and, that. And, yeah, uh, not. Pro- I'm sure not the. Uh, you know, the progress that, you know, a lot of fans wanted to see. Very small incremental uh, steps for online, unfortunately. Yeah, but th- this game had a great roster. It was fun. You guys introduced a lot of dope things. Now, this you said this was the introduction of mocap, correct? Yeah, yeah. So this is what I got for you then on this standpoint. Um, how do you feel about the... The movement over to mocap from how things looked in the past. Uh, so here's the thing: when it comes to mocap, it all, it, you know, anything motion capture is only as good as the motion that's captured. So what I mean, I, I know that sounds just very matter of fact, but it's motion capture is it's all dependent on the person that's there, making sure that the motion that they are. You know that they're that they're getting that they're keeping is quality. You cannot half-ass mocap because once that animation is you know is in, you know imported into the game, if it's something that you know you, that you don't like or it's like oh this doesn't look that great, there's only so much that the animators can do to correct it. And moving and I really doubled this a lot when I left 2K and went to Ukes, and while at Ukes and I was no longer you know directing mocap. You know, we see some of these new moves coming into the game, and you know, we were between because I was involved with uh, with those move animations on my side. Like I said, the reversal windows, and I 
I added all the new moves into the game. I named them. I did all like that was like one of the things that I was responsible for. And so I worked with the animators a lot and they would regularly get requests from, you know, uh, the 2K side saying, oh, can you please adjust this and, you know, fix this animation to do this, that and the other. And, you know, it was just a little frustrating because it's like, well, if you weren't happy with it, why did you keep it? You know, you're at a mocap studio have them do it again. You know, it, it was kind of frustrating because <laughs> I would look at it and I was like, wow, like they this was a motion that they kept. Because, um, again, this was something that I learned when I started doing motion capture where, yeah, it can kind of be intimidating when you're out there, you know, having to direct these wrestlers. Um, I kind of dealt with it a little bit, but you have to get past yourself and be like, look, you know, this is important shit. You know, these guys are here to do a job. And I never once had an issue with anybody that I work with, uh, the wrestlers, uh, asking them for a different take. You know, I, I would explain, you know, why we had to do a, a new take. And they were like, hey, whatever you, got, whatever you guys want, that's what we're here for. You know, uh, this is almost like a vacation for us. So, yeah, if you want to do it again, let's go. You know, it's like they're there to work. And we're there to capture the best motion that we can uh, for the game, for the fans and all that. So and so if you do that and you get those right motions, it definitely saves motion capture definitely saves a lot of time. It's a huge time saver um, as opposed to keyframe animation. Um, that is for sure. I mean, so how it's an expensive thing. Motion capture is not cheap, but it's more than worth it uh, for what it saves on the back end, just in terms of uh, the time it takes to to get the motion captured. You can quickly import it into the game, and you know you can make adjustments and you're off and running. Uh, versus the other uh, the other way to do it. Yeah, that's that is a, a great way to look at this when uh, when it comes down to everything as far as. SVR07, the the motion capture to me, when I think about it, I always think of just the bad ones that look bad, that make me hate it, but there are like great animations too that you're like, dude, that was spot on. Whoever did that, that was perfect. Like I, Sometimes I can't even tell if the person did it for so long, but I will tell you in instances with uh, someone like MVP, remember the ball and elbow? Yeah. Holy mackerel, dude. <laughs> like I, I talking, couldn't even think about of a good enough one, right? curse word to use right there. You're you're talking about the uh, the first the, the original ball and elbow. Oh, the very first one was so bad, dude. I was like, yo, who skipped? Like they were on the little sidewalk, like a little kid. Yeah. Like, ah, ah, yeah. ah, ah, balling. It looked it just looked bad. I'm like, dude, they gotta call MVP up and be like, yo, bro, I need you just to do this one movie. You could go. Like that's, that's it. That's that's actually what happened. Um, I remember that motion. I remember like. So the, the crew of guys that we had, and it's funny, too, because it, it wasn't this game where we had the ball and elbow, was it? Uh, no, I think that came up in the next one. Because I was going to say, because MVP, he did a lot of, he, he, well, not a lot, but he definitely was involved in mocap for the development of, of this game, of 2007. Which is funny, because when it came time, like once he got called up, and he, you know, started doing his thing, and we had to go back into the mocap studio for the next year's game to capture his entrance, his moves, and all that. As good as our guys were, none of them had any rhythm. None of them could do anything anything closely to what how MVP did. His walk. I remember his entrance being really shitty at the time. Uh, that ball and elbow for sure was terrible. And that was one of those things where it's like, okay, look, we can either spend an, an entire day trying to work and get this damn move semi-correct or sometimes you just got to cut your losses and be like, all right, we've got a large, you know, our shot list. We have like 400 most of we got to get, you know, unfortunately we can't spend 
three, four hours trying to nail this one move. Um, so that decision had to be made. But I will say, uh, when, when MVP, when he, first, when he got on to SmackDown, um, I definitely, I remember going to Corey and asking him, like, hey, or maybe it was Frank. Frank was one of our uh, production managers. I was like, Frank, is there any way that you can maybe reach out to WWE to see if they will loan us MVP so we can have him come in and do his uh, his motions? Because our guys, they just can't get this down. And the motions we have in the game are just not good <laughs> at all. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. I, Frank I, was off. Frank Bowen was the shit. So he just put in a call. And, you know, uh, the WWE, they sent him to us. And he was, you know, he had done it before. So he knew us. And he was like, yeah, because he saw the motions and he hated him. He was like, who did this? Who captured this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't mess with MVP either. Uh, I, I was just—I'm glad that he's back on TV too. Just a little sidebar. Uh, MVP was yeah, always he's a, great. Just he's a, a good, cool dude. good dude. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think back then when he was recording with you, I don't know if he was Antonio Banks in Deep South Wrestling. I—that's re- when I first remember him from Ring of Honor being uh, yeah. Antonio Banks. So he was cool. He wasn't doing the MVP character at the time. So think of how little time you guys had to get that in, get the ball and elbow right. You know what I mean? That's that's tough too, so I wasn't uh, mad. Yeah. But still, I appreciate that. But that was yeah. that was. Crime really Cry- time no. had it just as bad too, man. With JTG yeah. and Shad. Um, yeah. Shout out to Shad Gaspar too. I definitely just saw him in uh, Birds of Prey. Nice cameo at the end there. So make oh, sure he's you... in that. Yeah, yeah, he's in it. Did oh, you see nice. it already? I haven't seen the movie yet. No. Oh yeah, uh, I just saw it uh, via means i will not talk about on here but uh yeah it was a really good movie and uh i did at the end i just happened to look and i'm like yo is that shad gaspar and i was like yo that is i was like nice nice oh nice so he gets a little feature in it um hey before we move on just one last thing about uh you know you know any rhythmic motions um so mvp was the first but like you mentioned like anytime we had any wrestler on on you know on television that you know did anything anything close to uh having you know, dancing, anything rhythmic. We always, at, after that MVP fiasco, we always went straight to WWE. So we go, like, when R-Truth was doing his thing, rapping out to the crowd, you know, they sent us R-Truth so he could capture his stuff. Crime Time, I, I directed both of them and captured all their stuff. Um, Fandango, <laughs> you know, because, again, or actually, no, we didn't get Fandango. I, I take that back. We, we did hire a, a female dancer. Um, to work with Mike, Mike Taylor, Mike, who I was talking about earlier. He, yeah, he played Fandango, but uh, but she helped him get the steps down, and everything like that. So, but Fandango's uh, dancing was goofy, so you could probably pull that yeah. one off a little bit easier. What it was it the original girl who was Fandango's uh, girl? Yeah, it was right when he debuted. So we didn't we didn't have her. Uh, we just hired it wasn't her own the dancer. brunette. Uh, no, no, we hired our own dancer for, for that. <sighs> interest. Yeah, we did that on our own. You know why I asked that? She went to a UB at the time. She was a University of Buffalo student, I guess, the uh, original brunette for it. And then oh, she got oh. replaced by Summer Rae, I guess. But I thought she was amazing when she uh, came out and did the dancing with him and everything else. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, see? Small yeah. things. Small things. World connects, baby. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Original Biggie put into the chat for us. Will... Uh, Will physics or should they? Oh, he, I think he's saying physics should and will play a factor as well. He said, "I can't wait to uh, see when you guys talk about SVR 11." Yes, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, um, I love man. I can't wait for that either. Uh, I had the most fun working on that game. I, I have a lot of fond memories about SVR 11. 
Uh, let's see here. Original Biggie said it is in 2K20 to some extent. It was brought back in 2K17. I, I can't remember what we were talking about. We were probably asking about uh, different backstage. Fight, fighting in the crowd, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Foul. Foul's got a good question for you here. Uh, he yes, said, sir. did you ever take inspiration from uh, mods that are out there? Uh, I used to use the Game Shark codes for SmackDown 2 to make extra ladders and a uh, buried alive match in the game. So did you ever look at the mods and say, hey, how can we get that type of stuff into our games? Uh, no, I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do mods or anything like that. Um, yeah, no, I've never, I don't think I've ever played a play. Like, honestly, and I'm going to sound like a dumbass. I don't even, I don't even really know what that shit is. <laughs> have you, so have you seen like the WCW feel the bang? No. When you, when you're done, I'm going to send you on a little bit of a rabbit hole after this. That's a, that's a game. Uh, so look, um, People made the No Mercy engine, right? And you know everybody loves it. People have been modding that for years now for the computers. And they made one called WCW Feel the Bang. So usually when you see the mod, you're like, all right, this is going to look pretty, pretty shitty, right? Like the, yeah. the moves are going to be all jacked up. Yo, these boys found every single move that was in the Japanese games to all of them and figured out how to put them in so it looks right. They also updated the models where they look a little bit cleaner. Um, they have like, how do I want to put this? Uh, Hulk Hogan, but you could be Hollywood Hogan. You could be Hogan when he was wearing like the red and white. Hogan with the yellow on. They, they put in so many different like um, versions of him. Sting, Surfer Sting. Uh, You'd be shocked who's in this. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Foul did a whole video on it, but okay. there's even a video called like WCW Feel the Bang. Uh, I think it's like 50 or 100 moves to Eric Bischoff, and you could go through <laughs> and play it, and they have stuff locked, bro, to where it's like, oh, unlock Dusty Rhodes by playing. I, I know this is probably wrong, but like beat like this Starcade mode that we have set up, go through the 12 different people. It's really kind of dope. Like I was like, yo, they spent a lot of time on this. Like it looks just like No Mercy. But they have like the entire setup, like really nice looking for it. Okay, all right, because I do, yeah, I'm glad, like, yeah, mods are basically people. Yeah, they get access to the code and they kind of start digging around with it, right, to kind of yeah. make changes yeah, and that kind of stuff. Foul just put in the chat. Well, he put laughing my ass off first. Said <laughs> your response, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said big shout out to AKI Evolution. They created the project, so they've been working. Okay, so on, they, I, I, I follow them on Twitter, so I do like when they post stuff. Uh, I haven't seen any, the WCW stuff. I just see stuff they do for uh, No Mercy. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen anything that, about the WCW stuff. But I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I've seen one for like ECW. I don't know if they were part of that too. They, they There's a bunch of them though out there that I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, if you're ever bored, just take a look at it, man. Maybe you'll get some ideas from it or whatnot. But just very, very different. Uh, I got nothing but time right now, so that'll yeah. be easy to do. Yeah, check it out, man. Um Brian, I think I think this might be a good spot for us to officially end it right here. Um, if you guys enjoyed this series, number one, hit the subscribe button. Uh, it's well worth it. Uh, I greatly appreciate everybody who took the time out to check this out. Uh, Brian, Brian is always a busy man. Thank goodness that he had some time for me today. Um, I know he's got a bunch of different things that he has been working on. 
And I know that he's still busy, even though he says he's not. I know that he, his time is very important to him. So I have to thank him. And we're getting questions in right now. Oh, my Lord. Hold on. Hold on, bro. I was going to kick it I to can, you to, can, to end it. But yeah, let's answer. Let's, let's answer. Um, Fowl wanted you to know that it's a pretty deep rabbit hole, too, if you go down it for the uh, Field the Bang. There's a lot of people who are covering that right now. Okay. Uh, let's see here. AR wants to know, what would be your dream wrestling game? Uh, for me, it would be the graphics of 2K15 Next Gen mixed with the gameplay of Here Comes the Pain and the weapon physics of SmackDown vs. Raw 11 with a smiley face. Well, that's a good one, bro. I'm feeling that. I don't, you know, not to, I don't want to steal your answer, but that's a damn good one. Um, you know, honestly, when I think about like, uh, it's kind of hard to answer. Cause like when it, I was my mind my mind actually went someplace else when you asked that because uh, I was just gonna say uh, a certain you know wrestling game that I like to make but if I had to choose like the styles and everything I definitely would like something that's more so for me I want something that's akin and similar to Here Comes the Pain but uh, with it, with with brand new concepts and ideas uh, on top of that you know what I mean like I like the 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 pace, the quick pace of Here Comes the Pain, the uh, the moves in that game had impact, which I think really, made, for me, makes that game probably one of my favorites. Like, every move in that game, it was like bone rattling, man. Like, though, you know, the, the F5, uh, the rock bottom, like, everything you did in that game felt like it had weight and that game was fucking hurting. And I think, you know, as we've kind of gone through, you know, in the series, that aspect has kind of been lost. Uh, in my opinion, a lot of that has to do with mocap, but that's neither here nor there. But I love the I love the uh, the impactfulness of uh, here comes the pain, the speed, the responsiveness. But I so I like to you know keep that and marry that and pair that with brand new concepts and ideas that you know folks haven't seen uh, any wrestling game yet, which is what I'm currently working on. So uh, may I have some good progress yesterday? I think I sent out a tweet. I said I was sipping on some whiskey. <laughs> while uh, trying to finish its design because I want to put it in front of uh, my cats, my people in Japan so we can uh, discuss it. But uh, yeah, I've got I've got some some really original kind of inventive ideas that I like to uh, bring to the table when it comes to wrestling and wrestling video games. So Dope. that's that. I love to hear that. And um, you mentioned in those moves, it reminded me a lot of uh, what was brought up by I, I didn't hear this for myself, so I can't really quote it to say that it's 100% fact, but I heard several like YouTubers that I respect say it. It was uh, Kenny Omega just talking about the impact of moves, even in the No Mercy game and stuff, like how you just felt those moves versus um, how they are today. Like you kind of missed the slowdown effect a little bit, and it was just like, damn right, I just caught that. Like it, it used to just feel good that you were like, yep, got the special. Here we go. Around, flick the stick. He's up. He's over. Slam down. Perfect. Like you would feel it. Or even like you, you would said, feel it, the, yeah. In the old SmackDown games, the slowdown. Um, remember when you could pan the camera around too? Like, oh, oh, hell yeah, yeah, dude. Th that was yeah. the worst though. When you're getting the finisher done to you, you would be pissed. Like, all right, bro, <laughs> just do it. If you're gonna hold on, oh, look at it again, pedigree, yeah. and you're just like, damn it. <laughs> but it, th that stuff's fun, man. Even stealing your opponent's finisher used to be like a great thing when the red SmackDown logo would pop up, and you're like. Oh nope. shit. The worst and there's nothing worse than losing to your own finisher in the game. You're trash, bro. You're trash. <laughs> I did that to so many of my friends. Uh so I, I love that aspect of the game. Like you said, you were you said earlier, I just 
the competitive nature. Like I, I love playing, you know, when I'm sitting next to somebody. Um, but yeah, the online stuff, no bueno. <laughs> but yeah, you're right about those moves and everything, and just shit talking. And I love stealing finishers back in the day. I mean, uh, and just using it to get the win. That's like the it's just it's the best insult. You know what I mean? It's like about the about the win anyway. I know that because like I'm one of the best players <laughs> of this of, of the series. But yeah, to 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 beat them with, with their own move is just the icing on the cake. Hmm. So um, let's see here. Obi One said thank you for joining us, sir. So he is appreciative of that, and he also uh, of just. Course, man. He just chimed in with uh, for SVR 11. I think he's saying that it's a mixture of that and the ring rope physics that brings that excitement into a match. So, yeah, that, that's not a bad point either, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, Rob's got a buy or sell kind of for you, as I like to call him. Uh, he said okay. Def Jam Vendetta versus Fight for New York. Um, oh, man. I'm buying on a Fight for New York. My man. That's what I like yeah. to hear. I mean, right? I mean, I, Vendetta was great, but I mean, fight for New York, man. That was <laughs> fight for New York's where it's at, bro. I yeah, stand, yeah, I stand with that. Um, <laughs> Rob said that Matrix effect when you hit a finisher was a huge demoralizer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, that shit used to hurt my soul when someone would do that to me. Like, look, bro, this looks so real, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yo, just just win the match if you're about to win, dude. <laughs> so I just get it over with. Just get it over with. Let's exactly. Uh, Tommy just joined us. Uh, me and the missus play SmackDown 2 on PS2 so much. Easily the best game. Uh, these games need a remake badly. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, I hear a lot of people asking for remakes of games. You know, it's just it's impossible to do just because of all the uh, licensing issues and trying to get, you know, um, these talents. And uh, it, I mean, it's the talents, it's the assets. Um, it's just, it's, it's an, yeah, it's just an impossibility. That's the one thing about, you know, it's these sports games. And I, I don't think, I don't think it's just us either. I think it's any sports game. Cause like you have assets of a certain time, but then it's not like, you know, you can just keep and retain that and then just kind of spit it out again. You know, uh, it's a big, big process and it's probably, you know, it probably cost you more just to get everything back together than it, than you would get in, uh, in the money back from, from selling it. So, uh, yeah, it's just a big impossibility. It's not an easy thing to do. Yes. Um, so here's what it's going to be, guys, coming up. Tomorrow I will be doing a live AEW Dynamite review. Whatever they put on, I'm reviewing it. Uh, hey, how thinking... good was last week's show, man? Sorry Bro, to cut you off. Like no. that, was, that was a good episode. Do you know how mad I was about last week's show? I was supposed to go to that show in Rochester. I knew he was uh -huh. going to debut. Like I did the math in my head. I'm like, bro, if it lines up right and he shows up, Rochester could be a banger show. And then as soon as it was time, they were like, it was like the day after, or it was Thursday or Friday, they are like, it's canceled. And I was just oh, like, oh, man. my soul. And then I watched that show and I was like, the, the first line in my review was, we were supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear um, that. And Tiffany, she's another uh, podcaster. She was supposed to be at the uh, New Jersey show, so I feel bad for her, too. She was going to get a great show, too, with the Blood and Guts match. Yeah. Um, everything seems out of whack right now with all the companies. So they've, they've got my, like, listen, a lot of people probably expect me to trash WWE for the stuff they've been putting on. I have no complaints, minus them just bringing up old matches like they did with Asuka versus Charlotte last night. That just, I was like, turn it off for a minute. I'll come back. I know when it comes. It's like an hour. I'm like, we're done with that. <laughs> like, turn that off. That made me angry when they did that. Um, just 
uh, just well, stuff like that. But I feel for WWE. I feel for the performers. I hope everyone's getting paid. I don't know what the status is with that. I hope contracts aren't getting frozen. Um, I really want yeah. to see these guys just happy, and I want to. I want to see the world move on from this. It's so like yeah, crappy same. for people to have to go through this. Yeah, I mean, as as as, as much as it sucks that we can't, you know how you know wrestling's affected and all this i mean we can't lose sight of the fact that you know their their you know health and the uh safety of this planet is more is obviously more important than you know making sure that our wrestling we get our wrestling fixed so like you said i i i'm my, my thoughts and prayers and hearts out to everybody going through what we're all going through with this coronavirus bullshit so let's hope we can uh kick its ass pretty soon here for sure, I'm with you on that. And I want to thank everybody who joined us in the live chat tonight, man. Uh, you guys were awesome. And like I said, Brian's going to be back on. We're going to go through SVR 08, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, uh, 2K14. And then we'll probably, I don't, I don't know if we'll lump all the 2Ks together or whatnot. But uh, we'll talk all the 2K games too in his time at Ukes. Like I said, so if you guys got questions specifically about those games, bring them in. Bring the hard ones yeah, too. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and that's like when I, because I was the one that reached out to Conrad to even do this, just because you know I have time on my hands right now. I'm stuck at home, but yeah, I mean, I would, I want to just anybody who's got questions about certain things that they, you know, have long been wondering about and have never gotten any kind of uh, either an answer at all or a good answer. Uh, like I, I want this to just be an open forum. I mean, I, I'm not here to, to, uh, you know, I just want to be honest about my time on the series and any and all questions are welcome uh good bad you know i don't care um there isn't anything that i won't give an answer to that's what i like to hear because next time i'm bringing the heat when we talk about smackdown versus raw 08 i've got a lot to say about that because it changed so do how I. I feel about the series and um yeah i can't wait for us to talk about it next time so we'll do the aew dynamite review next week i have planned two round tables i don't know if it's going to be an nxt one and a wrestlemania one or if there'll be wrestlemania day one day two uh, i gotta talk with uh the fellow round table guests but you guys aren't going to want to miss who i'm going to have on for that we'll have two great discussions so you're going to get a lot of podcasts from me coming up um We'll see if we're going to get, like, the Big Mania show after Raw. I don't know if I'm going to do a review of that. If not, you can expect me and Brian to be back that week after that, and we will be discussing more of these games, man. And I can't wait to do it. This has been fun, Brian. Yeah, this has, man. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, putting some time aside for me to do this, for us to do this. Absolutely, man. I'll keep this design layout for us so that way we can uh, rock with it. But right. thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be back with another episode in the future. And make sure you join us tomorrow for AEW Dynamite. Peace. Peace.